We are mucus free. We are mucus free. We are mucus free. We are mucus free. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's going on, brothers and sisters? We are mucus free. Professor Spira here, coming at you with another episode of the Mucus Free Life Podcast. And it's been a little bit of time. I know it's been some time since I've come out with the new podcast, but if you've been on the channel lately, you will have noticed that I've been doing a lot more videos. I've taking, taken a 30-day YouTube challenge to see if I could do put new content out every day and uh, it's been really good. I'm actually enrolled in a course that is helping me with some of these things, working on various elements of my business and some communication things and a number of other things. I've really been enjoying this course and one of the things that I'm doing with it is to try and up my YouTube game uh, and just Anything I can do to try to get the information out there in in a good way and in a useful way. And so I'm trying to up my game and I hope that everybody else in the community that you are upping your game as well because we're gonna need to be strong. We're gonna need to be educated, strong and steadfast as we move into this next phase of life you know humanity a lot of things out here are changing a lot of things are going to continue to change it's not going to go back people say well, let's go back to normal it's not going back we have to take it forward to where we want it to be don't be waiting for somebody else to do it don't wait for someone else to make the plan or to do this or that take action now we have to come together and if people don't want to come together, then you got to do it. <laughs> but either way, the, the, the time for waiting around and worrying is over. I'm not into the worry. I have no interest in sitting around being worried or being anxious about what's going on and being angry about what's going on. Not in a, in a negative kind of way that's pulling me down. I'm moving forward these things is out here that are inconveniences I'm not into the mask you can look at my old videos about that if you know anything about me you've you've heard my very logical and reasonable explanation and discussion on the topics of the virus and that kind of stuff and so I'm not gonna get into all of that right now but wherever you're at you got to understand that if you are interested in freedom and you want to be able to maintain your own freedom, self-governance, then there's work that has to be done. That's the thing. That's why a lot of people don't really like freedom. They'll say it and they'll pledge some kind of allegiance that, you know, whatever they do with this concept of freedom that doesn't really exist. That's something that you have to fight for and you keep fighting for it to maintain it. But freedom is a self-governance process where you take 
accountability for your own life and your own self. And a lot of people don't want that. They don't have any interest in having true accountability for themselves. It's so much easier to blame the politicians. That's a something people love to do. They love sit around the water cooler and, oh, did you hear what Trump said today? And, oh, George W. doing this again. And all that, that Obama, Obama, you know, it's like, oh, Clinton. It's like, that's again, that, that, that's easy. Whenever, when people get into that mode, that is very easy. Because that's why they're there. That's why the figureheads are there. So that the masses have a picture to put on their dartboard that they can throw at. And have no real influence. They can just say, oh, woe is me. This is, this is terrible and they're doing a bad job and throw the dart. I hate that politician. That guy's terrible. They're, well... So those discussions aren't usually too sophisticated, so policy, uh, actual policy analysis and discussion often doesn't come up. But, oh, shoot, those guys, blah, blah. Take control. Real freedom is about, that stuff doesn't, it doesn't concern me in the way that it concerns most people. It concerns me to the extent that you got to protect yourself when you go out in public. You got to watch your back. You got to certain things that you want to be remain cognizant of. And that's just di- understanding your surroundings, understanding your ecology, knowing what's happening. If you're in a city, you know, you, you, it's, that doesn't mean that you're scared all the time or you're walking around in fear. You know, being aware, being conscious is not the same as you know being walking around in fear or staying in your house because you're scared and that kind of stuff so i'm not into that i'm not into the fear i'm not into the worrying let that go and instead if that's the case then then you got to be studying like if you're nervous right now and you're scared of like what's going on out here Worrying and being scared doesn't help anything. Even if there are legitimate fears and legitimate concerns, you got loved ones, you got children to deal with, you got these things, you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know what kind of laws are going to come to try to force you to do certain things. My message in response to that is study. You gotta take the time to study. And they make it hard on purpose because they, you, there's so much distractions. So people's attention span, kind of, it's a kind of a weird concept, but that I'm not real sure about anymore. But just for the sake of, you know, just the ability to focus on something, on focus on your own freedom. Because that's what it is when you're, you're studying to try to understand. What are the human rights laws involved if we're going to talk about universal, the potential of universal vaccination policies? Well, you, gotta, you can't just cry about it. You got to study the stuff. 
<clears throat> I'm gonna make another video and revisit. We're gonna kind of revisit that. Several months ago, we had some very good town hall meetings on that topic, and we created what I think is a great document that's fairly comprehensive analysis of vaccination policy around the world and solutions to deal with that. And the date of when we're going to have to really start dealing with that is coming uh, sooner and then later. We had a little bit of time back when we made that. We was like, okay, well, we got nine months, 12 months. Now it's getting closer. So there are certain things and some of the plans that's on the list. It takes a, an educated group of people, an educated populace to be able to mobilize and protect on that level. But in, especially in the U.S., but from what I've heard also other locations, the, the fight for, uh, against police brutality or racialized police brutality and institutionalized racism is been so segregated away from the fight against, you know, the, the stay-at-home uh, fascist impositions and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they know what they're doing, man. <laughs> you know, that you got to be a little smarter than them. And to do that, you got to study hard. But when I see, because I was involved in a number of the, a lot of the protests kind of early on, and uh, and, but... I got a little bit, that, that divide, that, the ignorance that is behind that, that big divide in terms of where, where you can't have coalition when people don't recognize the common interest to be able to put aside whatever the ideology is that they, and the dogma that they're into, and they can't put that aside to come together with true common interest, then you, you can't have a real political kind of movement. You know I mean? You can't have, it's, so, so I don't know. So it's, like I said, that's, there's another discussion that I get off on that real long. I'm focused on physiological liberation, developing you know, try getting the mucus's diet healing system information out there, trying to develop the best content that I can, bring as much value that, that I can. And I need your help. You know, if you like the channel, you like what we're doing, you want to keep seeing more of this, uh, please share the videos, subscribe to the channel. Uh, it really helps out with just getting this information out there. And um, I'm determined. I really want to blow this channel up and get our reach. Right now, you know, we're ever so slightly. With every video, we get a little bit further outside the bubble or we maybe expand the bubble. But I'm looking to burst out of the bubble and just, you know, just really take off, get some things out there that blow up and really put people on notice and wake a lot of people up. Because I think our message is a message that can, that a lot of people can relate to that's outside of the holistic world community, uh, 
but it has to get to them. They have to kind of be exposed to it and see it and be like, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's different. You know, we're not, we don't talk like everybody else. We don't talk like all the other nutrition people. We're not trying to sell you a bunch of supplements and herbs, that kind of stuff is a different thing. And when people really check it out, it, there's a lot of people, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. So anyway, we have a wonderful show for you today. We got Paige Ayers is going to be on the program. I'm really looking forward to interviewing her. She has a wonderful, wonderful Instagram page where she puts out these really fun videos, uh, the juice party videos. I really dig those, along with a lot of other great content. So we're going to be talking to her uh, momentarily. Now, if you're new here, Professor Spira, I've practiced mucus diet for over 18 years. I've helped thousands and thousands of people transform their lives with this information about the mucusless diet healing system and the works of Professor Arnold Errett. And I've tried to do my part to bring the, these works uh, to the public's awareness and revitalize the work because it's timeless and the principles involved, you don't have to believe all the philosophies, you know, and you don't have to believe all of the, the theories, but the mechanics involved, the methods, stand the test of time. And nobody else out here talks about transition like we talk about it. No one else here talks about fasting the way that we talk about it. And I think that it's the most rational, the most adaptable, and the most flexible methodology in the naturopathic world, naturopathy, natural healing, natural health, natural diet, back to nature. That's what it's all about. Back to nature, using technology to get off of technology. I'm not anti-technology. I enjoy some good, good stuff. And I think that there was a period of humanity where there was technological excellence a lot better than what we got going on now, a lot more sophisticated. That's, that's, that's a whole other discussion. But that being said, we have to start to envision a world and a reality different than this. And as we come together and we start to collectively see the same vision, combine our visions and see it, and then start to act on that vision, we can build it and we will build it. And we have to, or this human experiment is gonna be over because the earth, earth is gonna be here. But if, if you gotta exterminate a few billion <laughs> humans just to keep it rolling, then uh, you know, the earth's gonna do what it's gotta do. So we have to learn how to honor the earth. And you honor the earth by getting in line with nature putting things into your body that 
when you have a bowel movement, you're not desecrating the earth. You're not creating this toxic environment. I mean, think how godly is it to be a being that eats food, has a bowel movement, and then a tree might grow. I mean, that's, that's how these things are supposed to work. But we're so divorced, so divorced from nature. And so we, we got to get back on board. And when we do, the chaos starts to leave. And the, but the thing is, you got to transition to that. Because people are addicted to the chaos. People are addicted to the pain. People are addicted to the suffering. And so it's important to transition away from, you know, overnight. If all of a sudden you just felt as good as you've ever felt and that's all you could feel was good, most people couldn't handle that. I mean, there's ways to get to that, but most people are not in the position to where they could sustain that. So you got to transition. And that's the, that's the key. That's the key. Transition, transition, transition. So real quick, I wanted to show just a brief little bit of a world premiere video that we had <laughs> dropped yesterday on the channel. A good relative of mine, PhDZ. Haven't really talked a whole lot about PhDZ. He's, he, he's a character, and he heard that I was thinking of reviewing a Takashi 69 music video from a musicological standpoint. As an ethnomusicologist, I was thinking about, and we'll see, I might wait until he drops the next video and, uh, and do it then, but uh, thinking of doing a, a good old-fashioned analysis, but PhDZ heard about it, and he was like, hey, I, I, I want to make this video, and it's a tribute to Takashi. I'm like, oh, well, okay, and then he sent it to me, and I looked at it, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, do I want to post this or not? And I'm like, all right, he worked real hard on it, and he said he had spent 10 minutes uh, toiling and grueling over the lyrics and, and, and recording it, and so I was like, all right, man, let's put it on and so if you want to see the whole thing check it out on the channel but here's a little taste just a little taste of the video so you can get a sense of what was going on so we're gonna watch that then we're gonna come back with page airs every day we be eating that mucus every day we be eating that pus the chicken don't stand a chance if i didn't eat it i would rape it Every day we be eating that mucus. Every day we be eating that pus. That chicken don't stand a chance. Yeah. No. That cow's never gonna dance. No. Cause we gonna eat it. And barbecue. Honey roasted pig. That honey roasted pig. Now I'm in the hospital. 
Getting that mucus and I buzz in the hospital In the emergency room Oh no Cause I can't go pee Oh no And I can't poopy Oh man I can't go do 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 I'm constipated all right ladies and gentlemen i am very very excited to bring on a lovely guest she is taking instagram by storm got i love the videos she does these really really adorable juice party videos and she has a lot of interesting great information about uh, juicing and detoxification and uh, I think she has a really interesting story to tell. So give a warm welcome to Paige Ayers. How are you doing? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Doing great, great today. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty we pretty days. We're lucky to be in places where there's not fire, fires and. Mm -hmm. volcanoes and hurricanes and that kind of stuff but tell everybody where are you from where are you located at so i am in london um the uk and yeah over here it's pretty okay obviously what's going on in the world right now with the whole situation of 2020 you know we're dealing with still as well right but, um there's no fires here so that's a good thing <laughs> right we're keeping it positive <laughs> well tell me what what's the best thing that happened to you this year just with all the craziness going on, what's the best thing that's happened to you this year? That's a really good question. Um, I think the best thing, I just don't know, this is cliche, um, speaking about this, and obviously what we're speaking about like today maybe, um, is to be honest, it's been like having this sort of awakening to to um, understand like what I want to do with like my life. Mm. That's been the really, the best thing that's happened this year. I think what's, you know, with obviously, um, the whole situation with COVID and everyone being having to, you know, stay at home a lot more. I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of people to kind of think about what they want to do with their lives. And that's something that's happened to me. So, okay. yeah. Beautiful. And how long have you been on this journey? Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into detoxification, learning about the mucus's diet, that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, so I've always really been into kind of health and understanding health because like I like I like learning, I love learning anything. And um, but what happened? So I've always been really kind of sneezy, and I have a lot of allergies, or I had a lot of allergies. And I thought back in the days, I thought, oh, um, I wanted to have an allergy when I, I learned about it from someone else, and I was like, oh wow, um, they're special. I want to have an allergy too. Mm. But actually, no, it's not. It's not special. And um, so the older I got, I was getting all these allergies to everything. And then I started to have like stomach problems. And then like I used to have like issues with my skin. And then I'd go to the doctor and they'd give me like antibiotics and they'd give me like, antihistamines and anti this and anti that. Mm. And um, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to put this kind of stuff into my body anymore. And how about looking at something in a different way? So I started to do a lot of research on uh, like holistic ways to heal or natural ways to kind of deal with certain issues I was experiencing. And yeah, then I came across a lot of um, your work actually. And, you know, I've got, um, I, start, I started to read actually um, Spirit Speaks 
And yeah, I came across the, the mucus diet healing system and I came across um, detoxification and really basically understood that the reason why everyone's so sick or why I'm having this experience of being sick as well is our bodies aren't very clean. And so that so that's what that kind of catapulted me into kind of understanding what I could do to kind of basically clean the body and that whole like understanding the body and it's amazing and it's so interesting to understand that we can do everything ourselves really and just learning this whole journey has been about me like relearning certain things around how to help myself and how we can all help ourselves when it comes to like healing or living a, a, a life of you know not being sick all the time because mm. I feel like we've all kind of got used to being sick as well like being having a cold all the time right or then this person's sick that person's sick and yeah so it's just it just really um this year has really been about not that that kind of awakening for me so yeah i really started maybe last year summer and then from then i've just kind of got more and more and more into it and this year has been a real kind of push for me to yeah very nice beautiful and some of the specific ailments you were going through i think you said allergies kind of give a rundown of what those symptoms were like and kind of how things started to change as you made changes to your diet yeah so um so before i was always congested constantly I, like everyone knows who knows me you know i have a runny nose all the time mm. i'm always congested um i've got a sore throat i'm always getting sick um i was experiencing like stomach problems as well like pain in my stomach and um what else was i experiencing like like i don't know like acne back knee all that kind of stuff mm, yeah and um yeah i just kind of got you know i think we all just kind of get used to that kind of stuff but then i started to look into it and be like you know what maybe i can do something about it so yeah these are some of the some of the issues that i was experiencing yeah yeah that sounds sounds familiar <laughs> sounds familiar and i know it does for a lot of other people out there that's going through allergies going through various kinds of what we call elimination and mm. as you said the doctors kind of came to you and said hey you're enjoy yourself this is going to be the rest of your life you're going to have to go through this and yeah. uh and that kind of thing and now did they ever try to offer you medications and stuff did were you into the, all the allergy medications and things yeah so at first so to deal with to deal with my like skin issues or like here's some anti antibiotics and i was like great yeah i'll take this because at the time i didn't mm. know how damaging actually antibiotics are mm -hmm. for like especially for your stomach yeah and they'd give like me antihistamines and that didn't really work to be honest it was okay mm -hmm. but it didn't really work and other things like for my stomach so i was having like stomach pains and they were they gave me like medication for uh like stomach ulcers but i don't think i had a stomach ulcer so, <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah that was some of the medication that they were trying to put me on and i was like no i can't do this anymore i don't want to live like this forever yeah. Now, how long did it take before you started to really notice changes and improvements in all of these di different uh, symptoms? So at first, um, I would say at first it actually kind of got worse. And so when I started to eat, so what happened is I started to eat a lot more fruit. Mm -hmm. 
and I thought because I, I started to research a lot of things on on online and on YouTube as well like I'm a bit of a YouTube junkie and um I started researching about cleanses and um detoxification and obviously the mucus um, diet healing system and so I started eating a, a way more fruit and w- when I started doing that it was actually quite difficult at first because you know you start to eliminate and detoxify and so my kind of symptoms kind of got a little bit worse a little bit worse mm-hmm. and then I started to see um improvements maybe at like the three month mark I started my skin started to get like amazingly clear like the first time in my whole life mm. and uh then my stomach problems kind of disappeared and my allergies got a lot better I'm not saying that they're completely gone right but I feel like obviously after how many years that you've you know you've been eating a certain way it's not going to happen after like you know six seven months. right a couple so, days know, like, yeah right yeah so I think yeah. I would say maybe after maybe after the three month mark I definitely start to, started to see improvement when I was yeah. being consistent with what I was eating yeah yeah beautiful yeah and that's something that it's hard to get people to understand that patience and that things get worse before they get better oftentimes yeah. you start going through the eliminations and uh, so that's with a lot of my content I try to warn people about that so that they're prepared so I'm not always like oh it's gonna be great every every minute it's wonderful it's like nah but you, this is work it's hard work but mm-hmm. I would rather do that work now and instead of thinking on, on on your website you were saying you was already starting to have aches and pains and and that kind of stuff and yeah I was um also, I was having really bad hip pains and like hip hip pains. I was like, really, am I going to need mm. a hip replacement wow. now? Seriously, already. <laughs> um, and I was having a lot of like um, joint pains mm-hmm. and and yeah. And soon as I actually, when I started to to do a lot more juicing, um, I don't really feel that kind of pain anymore. And only when I stop being consistent mm-hmm. with like the fruits and the juices and staying away from acid forming foods right um when i start to feel that kind of pain again mm-hmm. yeah now did you have a history of uh athletics growing up did you play different things or anything like that um i would say i'm not i didn't really play a specific sport mm. but i did enjoy um I did enjoy playing it, but not anything, playing sports, but not anything serious. Okay. Uh, I used to like tennis. I used to be quite a good runner at school. Mm. I always came third and that was a great thing for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, and, but then the older I got, the more I kind of stayed away from that because I started to feel these aches and pains. Yeah. In- interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that was happening even without that intensive, because sometimes, yeah, by the end of someone's 20s or early 30s, if they did like a lot of varsity sports, they'll really start to feel it. But uh, you were feeling it and really didn't didn't sound like you you had really hit it that hard. No, because I I guess I you know I go to the gym. Yeah. Um, but not anything like hardcore sports. Strenuous, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now what? So what do you do outside of? your uh the the health journey what's uh your your profession or school or that kind of stuff so um so 
I for university or for um for my degree I did a, a degree in anthropology and sociology nice which is yeah. great favorite like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if I could yeah. go back and do it again I'd definitely choose the same course yeah um yeah great great subject um which people more people need to know about anthropology is a great subject yes yes agreed um but and then now, actually, so um, in my recent years, I've worked in in like corporate, and uh, but recently um, I left, and this year just me really been kind of finding out what I want to do again. Mm. And obviously, with the whole COVID situation, like people Shut stay at home, yeah, I'm yeah. actually starting a new um, role soon in um, helping um, vulnerable people into housing. Okay. So yeah, so that's what I'm at the moment doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That. What, what was your favorite thing about anthropology? It was just great learning about other cultures and realizing that the West isn't the, like the center of the world. Right. And um, it was just really interesting to understand other people's traditions and rituals and ways of life and and it, and. And the difference between how in the West the difference is and, and the similarities as well. Um, what else? It's just really fun. It's just really interesting learning about different things. Especially yeah. we did a whole like module about um, Papua New Guinea. Uh -huh. And that Papua New Guinea and, and the like, Polynesia is quite... Um, a lot of anthropology is done there or has been done there. So, right. yeah. Do you have to do so, yeah. any ethnographic studies mm. and works and stuff? Do you get out there in the field? But, have you, did, are you, did you know, are you an anthropology buff or? I'm an ethnomusicologist, so I'm basically, I'm a musical <laughs> anthropologist. Some mm -hmm. people call it, you know, it's different in different departments, but so I'm a musicologist with a specialization in ethnomusicology, but we learn a lot of, you know, it's multidisciplinary field. And so we learn a, some classic anthropology stuff in the history of anthropology, but then we see how it melds together with efforts within musicology to try and create a way to study music and culture uh, in, in various ways. And so the ethnographic method is, is very, you know, is one of the main stays in the field. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, and that's what, yeah, a lot of people don't know. I mean, that's my, my academic background is, is, <clears throat> is music. And so I have a, a PhD in ethnomusicology and then my master's, got a master's in jazz studies and a master's in African-American and African studies. Oh, and so, so that's my, uh, that, yeah. And then I've, and I've taught, because people think sometimes I go, oh, he's just comes like, no, I mean, I, yeah, I got some degrees. And, and I taught, when I, I taught survey of African-American music and musical world cultures when I was 23 years old, back right when I'd got my ma first master's degree. And, uh, and I fell in love with that format. You know, I liked that, the lecture format and that kind of school process. Uh, and I just kind of kept, kept rolling with it. But yeah, so it's nice to, to meet a, f a fellow anthropologist that uh, understands <laughs> that dynamic. And you're right, the discussions about culture and really analyzing, because it's not a general 
thing that people know. They're not given the tools to be able to have competent discussions about culture. You know, and you get in these things where people are scared of it or they think it's bad. They're like, mm. oh, culture is... Uh, it's we should get beyond culture it's like you can't you can't get beyond culture there's you know because that in itself would be a culture you know that would be a distinguishing characteristic as soon as you say okay here's a group of people we don't believe in culture that's a distinguishing characteristic of your culture exactly (laughs) nothing exists outside of culture unless you're by yourself living somewhere else and even then i guess you can make your own culture up yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, so it's it's an interesting. Now, when once you have those tools, that's when you can start to get a little more sophisticated in terms of the manufacturing of things by, you know, the power establishments and you can break that kind of stuff down and protect yourself from, you know, being fed a bunch of lies, being fed a bunch of, uh, <laughs> you know, be, be safe, stay at home, put on your face mask, you know, that, that kind of stuff when you're, yeah. you know, you can, you can be a little more savvy about that. And I think that's why when it comes to anthropology and I think that's, it really helps to kind of understand things from a different perspective. Yeah. And so, and being able to kind of do the work in, t- in terms of like research and understanding like, okay, and like understanding relativity as well. And that's, that's the whole cultural thing about like different cultures have different things. And there isn't, sometimes there isn't just one way of doing certain things. So yeah, when it so I think it's really important to, to open the mind because you never yeah. know what's going to happen around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the funny thing is the, the main thing that a lot of people think about when they do try to make an effort to understand culture, that's like the one thing where I'm kind of the food part where I'm like, Eh, you know, it's I, I respect it. I respect its cultural lineage, but I also invite folks to uh, to elevate that that part of their culture, where from wherever they are, from wherever the, you know the history and that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that the human species as a whole can elevate by really in getting in, you know, trying to transition back toward what we consider to be a more natural diet and to, uh, you know, heal the species back. Right. So I want to hear about these juice party videos (laughs) and, uh, all right, I'm I'm gonna play. So uh, we've, I've already played a few here, but I want to play one right now while we're, while we're talking, let me, uh, let me get it, get it set up here. Now, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately I can't, I, I can't play the, I would love to play the music that goes along with it because this has, um, this has been in my head for, I mean, as I'd never heard this song before. And so it's been in my head for now days after watching this video. But then, that's my jam. How'd you get this idea to uh, to start making these videos? You know, well, I thought, so my kind of personality type is quite, I don't like to take myself too seriously mm. and I like to have fun. And I thought with, you know, with health and I think sometimes being healthy and like trying to get people, getting people to engage in health 
is um it's kind of hard because people are like oh gotta do it you know it's like a chore gotta be healthy and so i thought how about i just be really funny and add fruit to it and have a good time and show that i'm having a good time being healthy and like eating fruit and like detoxing and like learning about my body and to make it kind of fun for people as well right and that's why i started with juice parties and also i just thought i just have a good time and enjoy myself and you know bringing the personality as well as the kind of the 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 knowledge right so that's why i started doing it yeah no i I love those those there are adorable (laughs) you just just let it go and you just get into it just (laughs) uh, you know just party in front it's just it's really funny because when i'm doing it and i watch it back and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so silly but i guess it's but yeah but it's it's perfect (laughs) it's fun because because that's what you know, that's what we need. I mean, there's videos me years ago and I, where I talked about, I was like, people, and this was more for the social dynamic, but I was telling people, because a lot of folks are like, man, I'm, I'm lonely and this, and I, people don't understand me. I'm like, some there, you got to be a little outgoing with this if you do want to share your life with other people. Uh, host juice parties. Like host, invite, get a couple cases of some fruit, invite the people over and don't even make a big deal about it. <laughs> don't even make it like it's like, oh, it's a juice. Just be like, hey, we having a party. We're going to have some juice. Come on over. Just like make it like it's the most natural thing in the world. And when you do that, you start you truly change the culture because <laughs> you're creating your own new cultural space. And uh, yeah, so I love that. Exactly. And also, so, I, you know, when it comes to, you know, obviously what you were saying earlier about, you know, we've got certain things culturally that we want to hold on to so tightly because, you know, it's been tradition for ages. But actually, is it serving us anymore? You know, if we know better, we should do better. And right. we need to be returning back to, you know, indigenous ways of what the ancestors used to do. And, you know, we're really sick at the moment as a, as a species. And like animals don't have hospitals because they know what to eat. And we do, you know, we have hospitals. And so what's that all about? So I think it's just, yeah, it's just really important to kind of, you know, show and make it fun and, you know, return back and, you know, back to what we should be doing. So, yeah. Most definitely. And what's your, the, how do you, you want people to get a hold of you, your website and all that kind of stuff? You can go ahead and give your, your, uh, your list of places where people can find you. Yeah, so, um, right, so obviously, so at the moment, my actual personal sort of juicing uh, fruit detoxification page is um, page by nature, but so it's page with a double E mm-hmm. by nature. And um, I have my website, it's pbn.co.uk or pbnature.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have another page called The Melon Romantic. So, on my, uh, so when I started with this journey uh, about detoxification and understanding how to like heal my body naturally um i really started going hard with the watermelon especially Mm -hmm. i think it was last summer so i was like you know it was really abundant so i started eating lots of watermelon at work where i used to work before i I didn't before i stopped working um i used to bring in like melons all the time and sit Mm -hmm. there and whole melons all day people Uh. would look at me like okay that's that's what she's doing cool (laughs) um so i thought I just started a page about, you know, um, 
it's called the Melon Romantic and just about watermelon at first and it was about melons and different types of melons and then it's kind of morphed into more understanding detoxification and uh, fruit cleansing and even herbs to use and just sharing information about cleansing the body so yeah that's um the men and romantic that's my little baby yeah and yeah that's how um and also on facebook page by nature okay well i'm gonna so, yeah. put the links down there to uh to your thing down down below and uh, and i think i saw on there you had a couple free downloads on your website that were interesting uh, tell us a little bit about those yeah so um i put together some um so two things so i put together a juicing guide because a lot of questions i get is oh i need to find a juicer or i don't know what juices to use and you know a lot of people are like oh they want to start juicing but they don't know what sort of kind of things that they need so i put together a juicing guide where um different types of juices so you know, you've got the difference between a high speed juicer and a, a low speed juicer and mm. what's the benefits of each so i've got that and i've got also a juice party um, juice list. So I put together a, a juice party playlist. And so all the music that I listen to, um, you can go on and on Spotify and listen to um, the music as well as a list of my favorite juices basically and what are the benefits of each juice. So yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, well I definitely encourage everybody to visit Paige's website and go down then download there's uh i don't even think then you don't have a newsletter it, you just it's on the website to download soon come i've got a lot of things that i want to like bring out and uh in in the future so i want yeah. to put together an ebook i want to put together um i don't know yet but i've got lots of ideas so yeah soon come <laughs> beautiful yeah definitely why do you think that some people fail on their detox journeys and their juicing journeys I think what it is, is it's about habit and it's about habit change. And it's about sometimes I, I know for me at first, I used to go really hard and be like, right, I'm going to eat fruits only and I'll eat fruits. And, um, and then I start to experience the detox symptoms mm -hmm. like headaches and um, different things. And I think that puts people off. So what, so that's why I think that, yeah, that's what I think it puts people off. But then what I think now, which is, what I'd advise other people to do is to start with like a little kind of habit change. Like what I, I like to say is to have fruit for breakfast or have a juice for breakfast. So just that, that one thing, just mm. try, start to incorporate that like daily or maybe three times a week, four times a week, and then start slow and then move into a more fruit-based diet if you'd like. Mm. That almost sounds like a transition. <laughs> <laughs> transition you know what a novel concept that people don't understand for some reason or they don't like to get into it but but yeah no it's beautiful it's just getting people and you know ju juice a day and just and just building from there you know you don't have to do everything overnight or everything right away and um, and I think that's pedagogically that's the vibration that should be put out there uh, so that more people can really get on board because when it's too aggressive right out the gate just even in terms of the presentation and you lose a lot of people you attract extremists but you lose uh, a lot of people and uh, so kind of coming at it like that like hey look no no judgment just 
feel better, you know, here's some, here's some exactly. juice. And I think that's what, so some of the questions I get as well is, you know, I really want to do this, but what's some sort of, how do I get into it? And so I think that's like the key piece for everyone is the transition. Right. Like little piece in the middle. Like how do you get from like the helping people into, uh, from, uh, you know, this kind of normal eating way to not even normal. I don't want to say that into a, a better sort of way of eating. So yeah, the transition in the middle is a really important piece. And yeah. Most definitely. That's the, uh, to me, it's just the missing link in a lot of folks in methods and things in the natural healing community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I saw something interesting on your Instagram, the, uh, the, the Kabbalion, as you, you, you read that. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's a very interesting read. So, yeah. So, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll speak about that. But also, I think it's important. It's, it's a really interesting thing when I started to get into like eating fruits and like the whole transition diet this sort of other way like when you start to heal yourself physically you also start to look into things like emotionally and like spiritually and like mentally and it's all like a one thing so I've just noticed that when I started juicing I just started to like get into that kind of thing more so when the Kabbalion or the universal laws of the universe right. that's really what it is <laughs> right. and so yeah, it's just the seven laws of the universe, that's the Kabbalion, and it talks about the laws of like, so laws of mentalism, like everything is in the mind, everything is mental, um, the law of correspondence, the law of action, the law of cause and effect, I don't know all of them by heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or law of rhythm, all of that. Yeah, so, um, the gender, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 gender as well, which is everything, gender, like feminine and masculine is everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a great book. Very recommend it. Yeah, that's a. <clears throat> I had that experience too, where it, you know, I was on a spiritual path and journey before that really kind of led me to the diet because uh, my music as a mu- you know musician and that track and journey that really opened me up to a lot of. There's different ways to look at the world and different things. And I, once I started studying the history of religions and ones that I grew up with and stuff, and I didn't like what I read and studied with the history, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, and so you started looking into other things. And then, yeah, it started really getting into a lot of, you know, a lot of these, you know, it's just other ways to, to look at, reality you know that meta- metaphysical reality and you know people always want me to make spiritual videos i sometimes i'm kind of i throw a little things in here and there but i uh, i resist doing that because i don't in in my beliefs it's like i like people to go on their journey so i don't want people to just believe what i believe because i got a youtube channel and i can talk <laughs> and people will be like, oh, let me go do it. It's like, nah, I, I you know, I said to like you see in Spirit Speaks, I throw some little seeds in there, but you got to read those books. You got to go check those documentaries out and, you know, kind of go on your own, your own path. But, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was real interesting that you, you had posted that up there because I know most people probably hadn't even heard of that. They're just like, what is that? And you're like, 
fucking value. <laughs> yeah, I've got it right here. <laughs> Everyone needs to read it. It's just really interesting because it makes me think about things. And I think it's really important to to be open-minded and think about things in different ways. And I think, you know, it's, it, it, I think some people struggle with that, you know, with the whole idea of cognitive dissonance. And it's, you know, it's scary once, you know, you've known something for your whole life and then you get to a point and then you've got new information, which sounds good and it makes sense. And so it's quite difficult to kind of let go of um, certain things that you, you, you thought you knew. But it's about the journey and going on that journey and being open to this kind of journey of, and even with the food, it's the same thing. Like, you know, before, you know, when you start eating differently, you start thinking that, hold on, if I'm doing this and it's working for myself, what else, what else can I learn or what mm. else is not, or can I relearn? Exactly. So, and yeah. uh, so tell me a little bit about your day, just kind of when you get up, what you do and, and incorporate I saw that you were kind of into a little the aromatherapy and some of those kinds of things. So I kind of like to hear your thoughts on various, uh, uh, you know, I guess I saw you had a little moisturizers that you made and that kind of stuff. So just kind of give me that overview. Yeah. So like since I've started to kind of go more down the natural way of doing everything, I've started to kind of be like, okay, what can I change or what can I replace? and make myself so i really want to get into soaps as well mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know i'll try that soon mm -hmm. um so yeah um when it comes to aromatherapy you know different types of oils like frankincense and sweet sweet um, orange oil and eucalyptus all those kind of oils you know it, it clears the system it makes you breathe better and it also you know it makes you feel better as well so it gives you like a nice kind of vibe of your your room or your space and so that's why i got into it and so I guess, so what I do when I wake up, you know, I'll wake up and also what's really cool and what I started, started to do is um, go outside in the morning mm. and like, like walk around barefoot mm -hmm. on grounding and all the, all of that. I think yeah. it's just really like, it's really took my like spiritual game up. Yeah. Feel, you know, yeah, earth beneath yeah. my feet feels great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so in the morning I, um, I'll get up, I'll do that. Maybe try and meditate as well i think meditation is really important but also it's quite difficult especially when you don't know how to do it properly and everyone's like oh yeah i meditate for ages and it's like oh how do you do that but that's also a journey as well mm. and that's what i'm kind of going through at the moment as well but yeah, in the morning um i'll get up i'll make my juice or i'll eat fruit always mm. at the moment always and um, yeah, and then I'll just get on with my day. And something that also I've been trying to do is to be a lot more artistic. Mm. Because before, back in the days, you know, I was actually at school, I did uh, GCSE in art. And um, yeah, but then I kind of left it behind. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm not a creative person. You know, I'm gonna be more of a strategic and logical person. When that doesn't, mm. that, that is not, that doesn't make any sense because right. everyone is everything. Yeah. So what I've started doing is doing a lot more um, painting and drawing and doodling and just letting the, like, the mind come out onto the paper and doing what you want. So that's what I kind of do as well. And it's really calming, very calming as well. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I saw that on there, you, your artwork uh, that you make and what you call the Sunday, uh, what was that? Doodle Sunday. Doodle Sunday, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's great and that's really important uh, another thing I like to talk about is that 
creative expression and thinking, really investigating artistry just as a mindset and a practice because the way that I understand and practice the mucus diet healing system and the detox journey is as an artist, it's an art form. Because when you start talking about science, because that's what, you know, so much of the marketing around holistic health and medical stuff and toxic or, you know, elixirs and all this stuff that's out there, they always try to bring in this scientific jargon, whether it makes sense or not. They just start saying these words and all this stuff. And my thing is, you know, it if it makes sense to bring it up or to talk about it, that's cool. But I would like to see more people really talk about the practice within the context of art and art artistry, the art of living, the art of detox. You know, that is, to me, is a little bit more, for one thing, it to me it brings more people into it because you're not, you don't have to memorize all this weird, weird concepts and words. It's just kind of like, look, like we were talking about before, transition, just steps just move move along and um, just because like with your painting the first time you tried to paint you probably couldn't do <laughs> a fraction of what you can do now <laughs> you know it takes time and there is no science of drawing it's an, there's an art of drawing because each person you got your own vision you can learn the basics and learn different you know, di different things from different eras and techniques and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, it's you, you know, it's, it's putting your yourself out there. Exactly. And I think just like the detox journey or the mucus of diet healing journey as well, it's about, it's a journey. And so it's, it's, a, it's different parts of the journey. And so when you start to kind of, for example, journaling as well, journaling is mm. great, especially mm. during, if you're doing like a cleanse or something like at the moment i'm actually like doing a juice uh fast and so i don't know how long i'm gonna go for yet maybe five days um but what i've started to think about is maybe i should start to like journal and like what comes up for me during this ju like juice fast or whatever so yeah i can just look over it and think okay well this is what i need to this is something that's clearly needs to come up let me let me think about it mm -hmm. i think that's really important as well yeah yeah that's a good Good tip, yeah. The the journal process, and I it's hard for me to stay consistent because I'll, I'll journal a little bit uh, on sometimes if I'm really trying to work on something and then you know, I get out of it. But I will say that my w the book that you have, the Spirit Speaks, that's the kind of the closest thing that I'd had to a journal, but it was more my interactions with other people. In the, as case studies, and I just saved all that because I knew when I was writing uh, and re replying to people, it's like, okay, I'm getting these same questions all the time, and so let me just, <laughs> once and for all, let me put something out there that just answers all of them so I don't have to keep on, uh, you know, try to email people the same, cutting and pasting the same message all the time. And, and it also really captured a particular period in my own transition and, and mentality that I knew it would be different later. Like if I had to, I, I gotta do like volume four and five and you know, put all those together. But if I was to write that original Spirit Speaks now, I'd be different. You know, it would just be, 
you know, it would just be a different vibe because I'm, because I'm a lot different now. And uh, so it's, it's interesting, but I like that just about, and that's one thing that you can see with journaling when you go back and you can really track the change in your consciousness and, and, that, and that experience where you're just like, like, whoa, <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's interesting how, you know, just how, how things transform over time and, uh, you know, it's a be beautiful, beautiful transformation journey. And I got one other uh, kind of area or question I want to ask you about, and I'm interested to hear about your, uh, your relationship with your family and significant others and that kind of stuff when you started to go on the health journey. How was that? Was it, was it great? Was everybody on your side or was it? Was there tension? You know, how did you get through that process? Um, so, I would say that it's been, you know what, I've been like, I've also, it's been really interesting because I've been the person that I'm about to speak about. So, back in, so I met um, someone when I used to work, um, when I was working a few years ago, um, I met this lady and she was fasting for 21 days. And I was like, you're going to fast for 21 days. You're not going to eat anything. You're just going to drink water. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? And I used to be like, really? Oh, how are you today? Are you sure you don't want to eat? And all that kind of thing. And now thinking back on myself, and now I'm like, 21 days, water fast. That's not going to kill you. That's completely <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting like, like mindset shift. But, yeah, when it comes to like my family members or other people in my life and what I'm doing, it's it's um I, it hasn't been that bad i think people are like you know they they enjoy the, the juices you know the whole juice cleansing and juices and stuff but also it's been difficult because people think that oh are you not gonna eat like this, you don't, where are you gonna get your protein from mm. where are you gonna get your um where are you gonna get your energy from you know how are you gonna do sustain yourself with just eating this kind of thing and so that it's just having those kind of questions about and having to deal with those sort of questions because I'm kind of radical. Like I can talk about this a lot and I've learned that I can, I have to step back and be like, right Paige, calm down. Because if I try and overload people with information, mm. they're going to get resistant. Right. So I've just started to kind of just do my thing and just say, listen guys, I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to keel over. I'm not going to pass out from no energy. I just understand what's going on. I understand that my body's detoxing and sometimes I'm going to feel certain ways. So, yeah, and actually at first maybe people thought I was a bit like, oh, okay. But now I think because of the consistency, people are seeing it and being like, okay, especially my family members as well. Um, they've started to kind of be a lot more kind of supportive as opposed to kind of trying to force me to like eat certain things that I don't eat anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's always tough because they're like, you sure you, sure you don't, <laughs> like, they're, like, it's alluring, you like, you sure you don't want this burger or this steak, you know, mm -hmm. right. it's like, <laughs> stop, please, I'm fine, please stop doing this, yeah. it's also, it's difficult as well, because after, you know, obviously, when you eat a certain way for a long time, uh, you know, you get used to the habit, and so for me, still, I'm starting. To, I still have to come away from that kind of eating, and it, you know, I've I've been doing this for maybe maybe a year, two years now, so it's still a learning process, and it's still a journey. So when sometimes when I smell certain things, I'm like, mm, it smells nice, but I'm like, 
you know, resistant and, yeah. and you know, my family members and my mum's a great cook as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And what about that? Do you still kind of go out with, with some of your old friends or you got newer friends or how, how does that work out? Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting thing as well. Obviously, when people know you from before and how you used to kind of act and do things, and it's been okay. Like, um, obviously, I get questions and people are really interested in, especially like my friends from before I was doing this, um, about what I'm doing and how is it sustainable. And actually, a lot of interest in like how they can go into it and do, especially the juicing, as well. And, but then I have, but what's been amazing is I've like, because of this kind of journey, I've made a lot of other new friends that are a lot are into this and into the whole cleansing and juicing and spirituality and holistic health and it gets bigger and bigger. So that's been an amazing kind of thing that I've kind of attracted people into my life that are, are into this kind of thing as well. And it shouldn't be into this kind of thing. I shouldn't say it like that. I should say, who are interested in returning back to, you know, a, a, the real state of how we should be walking around as a human, you know? Yeah. And so I, I saw this really, um, I was watching this really um, good video about, and this guy was speaking about how, can you imagine if we cleaned our bodies completely and we were like completely in alignment with how we, you know, should be eating, what would that experience feel like and how connected we would be to like the earth and to our thoughts and being able to control our thoughts and all that, it'll be amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the journey, and that's 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 where I want to be getting to. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the you know the challenge of finding the like-minded people since we're all around the world. <laughs> it's like the ones mm -hmm. that you know we tend to be all in different places and countries and things and you know and so it's nice we're the technology of today enables us to be able to connect uh mm -hmm. where back in the day we wouldn't you know you would just be uh be there so that's so that's good and yeah uh <clears throat> now what about the uh now you have a significant other or or kind of dating situations that kind of stuff and i ask this because i know a lot of people when they get into the detox modes or this kind of spiritual awakening sometimes they'll take a break from all that those kind of relationships and they're just focusing in other people they try to start practicing these uh the, the diet and they you know, might have a uh, you know wives and husbands and there's always it's always interesting stories in there so tell me give me a little insight of your experiences on that uh, in that area yeah so i was like not anymore but i was in a relationship and when i started getting into this uh different eating and different ways and like do wanting to do different things like go for walks like in in the forest and um i don't know all that kind of stuff yeah it i started to realize that actually it's, it's quite difficult because when you a, a person knows you for what you have been and now you want to do you know loads of new things and obviously it's a partnership and it's like oh why don't you cook the same foods that you used to cook or i don't want to eat fruits all the time or i don't want to eat this kind of stuff all the time and but i want to do this so it's a it's a difficult thing um and that's what happens i think a lot of people kind of get to this unless your partner wants to kind of do the same thing and be like okay well let's do this together and i'm open to this 
you know, sometimes things don't work out. And yeah, um, so that's what kind of happened with me. Mm. And but, you know, it's just a shame because it's, you know, I feel like for me, I'm like, I want to tell everyone about this and I want everyone to join me and be like, come, we can do it together and like, let's see what happens. And but some people aren't really on that kind of vibe yet. And that's okay. You know, that's everyone has their time to when they have their certain awakenings or if they're, you know, open to certain things. So, but yeah, so for me, that's that that that's what happened. And yeah, yeah but I'm really happy. Very yeah, happy well, it's <laughs> right, you know? right. It's 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 you know, life. It's, it's the the life process. But now, have you thought about? Do you have you put up any kind of boundaries? If you meet people, do they have to sort of be on this? same page or in the same book somewhere you know <laughs> um i have learned that actually for me it's important for someone to be open-minded and be interested in kind of this kind of lifestyle it, it doesn't have to you don't have to be like a hundred percent like plant-based you don't have to be a hundred percent like want to be a fruitarian juicing all the time but that kind of openness to kind of be like, mm, this is an interesting way. Let me learn a little bit about it and see what happens. So that's something that I've, I've said, like, that's something important to me now, mm. because there's no point, you know, when you, you know, you, you start dating someone and then they're like some crazy meat eater who wants like steak all the time. And for me, it's like, that's going to be an issue because yeah. I'm going to, I don't want to be judgy because that's something that I'm trying to not be. Cause I'm, it's not about being judgy. It's about, I can see. I don't want to. I don't want it to hurt you. You know. I, I understand. Yeah. Now I understand what it does and what things, certain things do to the body. I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to help you. Don't, please, don't do that. Right. So yeah, that's something that. Yeah. No, I, I've, I'm been actually learning about boundaries. I'm taking a, a, an interesting kind of course right now, and there's a, you know, whole section on boundaries, and. And, and sometimes if you're the type of person that's, you know, kind of a people pleaser, you don't want to hurt mm. people's feelings and you that kind of stuff, then we get into those situations where we don't always put the boundary there where it needs to be. And to have that boundary and to understand that, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not judgmental. It's not trying to make, you know, make them feel bad or anything. But... Mm. You know, like everybody should have some kind of standards for whatever it is that they're, what they're seeking, you know, or know what they want and be able to put those up without any, anybody feeling bad about it. It's just, and I think even especially, it's interesting to watch on the plant-based world when those of us that are plant-based, when we set that boundary up, that really causes other people to take note and they're kind of like, are you really serious about that? You know, it's like, what? You know, and then now you're really transforming the world because <laughs> people are kind of looking at something like, wait a minute, they don't like to be on the outside of, some, of that where it's like, wait a minute, okay, you're saying that I have to, that I can't eat dead animal to to hang with you you know it's it, it it's interesting is it as we talk about the the cultural <laughs> you know the cultural engineering and that cultural shift and the more that uh everybody that's in this lifestyle really holds firm to 
just knowing what what they want and being cool with it, you know, and try and not trying to appease, you know, folks and stuff. Because there's a difference. You know, everybody, we can talk and hang and, and that kind of stuff. But when it comes time to, you know, to, to get intimate and to get, you know, that kind of stuff, it's, and I know for me, and that even changed for me over the years. It was like the deeper I got into the mucus's diet, the more hardcore on that I got, where it was kind of like, and, and I went through periods where I was a more hardcore back then than I am even now, because I kind of had to go through <laughs> go through that period. Sometimes you go through those periods where you just like, and um, but it's it's really interesting that that phenomenon of uh, you know as you're trying to transform yourself and. Uh, you know, now because then also what happens is people will try to come up and they'll, they'll try to fool you. <laughs> they'll try to act like they're like, oh yeah, I I eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> you know? Like you don't have to say that. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know, I had, yeah, I I like the veganism. <laughs> <laughs> Go out with me, you know. It's like I don't know if you're ready, you know. What, what's that? Uh, Eric talked about this in uh, was that? Thus speak the stomach, uh, where the the Pythagoras before you could get into the Egyptian mystery system, Pythagoras had to do a 40 day fast, you mm -hmm. know. So that's almost like like the the relationship. That's the boundary. Is like okay, maybe not a 40 day fast, but you you at least. At least give me a fast, you know, give me a little fast, do a little enema, do something, you know, you, you're going to have to. You know, that's um, even that even speaking about that kind of stuff. Like I, when I started doing this whole um, the, the cleansing and understanding the body and I started to start speaking about certain things like enemas, people started to get really like I didn't realize because I'm really into it. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this all the time. But some people want to speak about that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, boundary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they put that boundary up, and with me, it's they're out of luck because I I talk about it so fluently and so comfortably, <laughs> and it just comes up, and they and they're it's too late. It's, the conversation's already there, and they they're stuck. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, it's definitely and what you said earlier about you know learning how to kind of give a little bit of information and then kind of back off a little bit and just, uh, you know, almost, you know, kind of lure them in with the information because, yeah, when you kind of hit them with everything right at once, then they're like, whoa, hey, hey. But when you kind of just hit them with a little something and then you change the subject and get on to something else, then they're like, well, hold, hold on, back up. What, what was that? And you're like, oh, what, that? Oh, yeah, no, it's just what I do and it's just, you know. But anyway, how is, you know, and then they get really intrigued and, and uh, as I can see, yeah, in your case, we'd be like, oh, you know, you're talking about it. people like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm juicing. And it's like, well, like, why? Well, I used to have real bad acne, but it's, it's gone now. And, you know, and my aches and pains are gone, you know. But, but anyway, you know, so, so how's your uh, how's your wife doing? No, wait a minute. Hold on. What'd you say? How'd you get rid of the acne? <laughs> you know, exactly. Like people want to know. Also, I feel like people want to know about how they can help themselves. And I think this year in particular, because of the whole COVID situation, people are a lot more engaged in like health and understanding themselves a little bit better. I don't know, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. And so people have been like, oh yeah, so, oh, can juicing help 
acne? Can, can juicing help my inflammation? Oh, I have IBS. Can that help? It's like, yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, that the awakening, uh, as I say, my prediction is that we're, there's going to be this divide that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have the folks on the one side that's getting into the healing and going down this road of you know, trying to put ourselves back together as a species. But then on the other side, it's going to be like epic meal time times 20. I mean, it's just going to get insane, the kinds of stuff. I mean, just reckless abandon, don't care, just eating whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that chronic illness is just going to be something we've never seen before. I mean, it's just going to be blow people's minds how sick things are going to get on that side. And so we, you know, folks are going to have to have to choose their path, you know, choose wisely which, which direction you want to go down. But like I say, I, I advise an urgency in committing to the change and committing to the path. But once you're on the path to take your time and transition, mm-hmm. that's just my recommendation because I've seen a lot of people that have, you know, fallen off the wagon just because they didn't take enough time and, and just transition and allow their body to really transform, allow all of those poisons to get out of there so that they don't have a relapse. And, but, uh, but it's, you know, it's a, you know, that the balance of that is, uh, how long, I don't know if you hmm. can, but how long did it take you to kind of start to, um, feel sort of normal after you've obviously gone through a lot of detoxification because our bodies are constantly cleaning themselves right. and then how long did it take to start feeling kind of better again so i would say i was feeling amazing after the first six months so mm-hmm. those you know those first couple months were rough but i just had this mentality of just real like I'm on a mission, <laughs> you know, I'm on a, I'm on a mission in a war, you know, I kind of had this, this almost warrior mentality, how the way I approached it. And so, you know, those first couple months were pretty rough and I had a lot of elimination early on because I had, I had suppressed so much over the years growing up is it, you know, taking the antihistamines stuff since I was seven years old to so all those years just suppressants and every time I would get a cold or a sick, a cough suppressant, you know, so I'm so, so I, my body never really had the opportunity to properly eliminate. So all of a sudden now I'm eating fruits and vegetables and I'm having the transitional mucuses and that kind of stuff that's involved, but it's so much better than what I was eating. And my body, when it started eliminating, it was just like mucus faucet, just, <laughs> just was coming out and it would be day, days and days of elimination. And, there, and, but I understood what was going on and a lot of people would have been kind of scared or they would have been like, wait a minute, I thought that I wasn't supposed to go through this because I'm eating healthy now. It's like, nah, this is, this is it. You know, all, all of a sudden you got to go through that purge first, mm-hmm. you know, walk through the valley of the shadow of death first. And so, yeah, so I did, did a lot of that early on, but then by the time, after six months, I had around that time I lost, you know, about, you know, 100, 110 pounds. Cause I, 
you know, I know sometimes people are like, what's that hundred? Well, I mean, I, so I had lost, but then when I gained it back, it was, you know, I was, it was different. It wasn't meat based weight that I was putting on. It was vegetables and fruit, you know, so it was a different physiology. And so I did, you know, lose quite a bit of weight and get, get fairly, uh, you know, fairly lean at one point, but I, I didn't stay there super long unless I was fast. And I, I did do a lot of juice fast in, in those early years, but, um, uh, but that's always a question because people are like, well, how do you gain weight and this kind of stuff? And we just, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I could tell you how, but that's not a, it's not healthy. You know, it's like, that's not a good way to think about it. You know, it's deal with symptoms, deal with your own elimination and understand that your body's going to balance out. And sometimes it's, you'll be a little leaner. Sometimes you, you know, put on a little weight and that's okay. You know, it's not, if you're transitioning or okay, it's, it's not like it's a yo-yo thing. It's just the natural, you know, kind of tug and pull of the elimination that happens over the years. But, uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, the, the six months, but really after those two, those first couple years, that's what, after about two years is when I really had a firm grasp on really understanding what the transition was about what elimination was all about you know i did as i went through the fasting i've been doing the enemas i had been transitioning and so yeah so i would say you know two years in really started just just really understanding what was going on and then um what was interesting is really every five years or so i would have some kind of transformation and so those first five years, but then I would go through some kind of elimination or it might be a spiritual awakening or a, I'm doing something different with my transition, you know, but every, about every five years I noticed there would be some kind of change where I would be, uh, uh, where things would shift. And, uh, and so, and, and I'm even, I'm kind of in the shift, in that five year shift now, you know, I'm on, I'm in that right now. Uh, and so, and I'm excited about them. I always love that because I like to change. You know, I don't like to stay stay the same all the time. I like to evolve and and grow. And it's and it's okay to be dy be dynamic. I don't know what that was, but um, so yeah, is that that answer your question a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a lot of people are like, oh well, how when do you stop experiencing detox symptoms, and when do you stop experiencing? And obviously, it takes some time, and it depends on your body as well and how you know, how your body wants to kind of eliminate. So, but yeah, thank you for yeah. that question. And, it, um, I, and also, yeah, yeah. I want to ask your opinion actually on, so what's your opinion on um, iridology, if you're into that? I think it's it's an interesting tool. I got into it for, for a little bit and I know that, uh, you know, Dr. Morris is a huge proponent of it and, and other folks. Uh, I've, you know, and I understand it, I've found that when I'm working with with people and giving recommendations and mucus-free coaching and that kind of stuff, I can get all of the data I need really with my questionnaire is based on Eric's questionnaire, mm -hmm. but I evolved it a little bit, so I have a few other questions. But if I can get information about the way someone used to eat, so how they ate growing up, the symptoms that they're experiencing, 
if they do want to give me information about if they have a certain type of diagnosis or something or blood work or whatever, I mean, I'll, you know, that we can factor that in. Uh, and then if I get a chance to see them, if it's a video thing or I see a picture of them or something like that, with all that data, I am very accurate in terms of being able to give recommendations of, of you know, of that, uh, you know, actionable transitional recommendations, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, I, so I just find for me that is the data that I like, because uh, I've found that it can be a little bit more, even more accurate uh, in, in some cases, and it depends on who's doing the readings and stuff, but I've had people, or work with people that had, had readings and so they would kind of have their chart and their got all the because the, the the one problem I saw with that is that it can make some people anxious because mm -hmm. if there's if there's a latent illness that's picked up in the reading, then then it, you know they're constantly kind of worried about well when is the other shoe going to drop when is that elimination going to happen it's like okay you got the shows that you got weak kidneys but you're not having any weak kidney symptoms in the moment then mentally you're kind of like you know and i know that the recommendation then is well just start working on it and get into the kidney herbs and the juices and that kind of stuff but but i i don't know i'm just i like kind of dealing with the symptoms because it takes you out of the disease discussion and we can just really deal with okay what's going on and uh, you know some of the things that I've really learned a lot from the Dr. Morris approach is uh, is the endocrine system discussions and the endocrine healing and that's been, you know, very beneficial, you know, and he's got the, the lymphatic system analysis, of course, he brought that to the table is just as far as that, uh, you know, looking at that from that perspective. But, uh, you know, the endocrine system and healing those glands is, uh, depending on what a person's been going through, it could be challenging and, but definitely doable, <laughs> you know, because we've had, whether and because those are scary uh, in terms of what the medical folks recommend and uh, and like we say this is not medical we're just having a discussion folks this is not medical <laughs> advice but uh those are that's scary because when you go in and you might have the blood work be doing something you know going through a little shift and they're talking about cutting out the thyroids and stuff you know i'm like whoa <laughs> No, whoa. And it's like, hold, hold, hold on a second. And I've worked with a no, several people that had had that type of diagnosis, and they're like, okay, well, hold on. And they come and they've you know, went down this path, and they saved their thyroid, and their levels are back to, you know, the normal. And that's another discussion as to what are they actually measuring in terms of those, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah. So I'm. Um, I look at, you know, iridology is, is another tool. You know, I like mm -hmm. to have multiple tools if for people that are real comfortable with that and, and examining that, then uh, that's cool. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm a little, I'm an eritist, <laughs> you know, in that uh, to, to my core. And so the, uh, the, the symptom analysis, the history, especially the history of people's diet, 
that's very important for me to know because that tends to tell the story. And uh, you know, if you're getting deeper, you can ask about parents, the, the history yeah. of different eliminations and people's bloodline and that kind of stuff. But, uh, but I find the main thing is what people are eating. Is usually in my questionnaire I have, you know, what'd you eat growing up? And then the first question that I'll ask in a consultation is, uh, what have you been eating today and yesterday? Like, what have you what have you eating the past couple days? And so, that's like right off the bat, I'm getting right to the <laughs> right to the heart. Like, what are you eating? That's that's gonna tell a lot of the story. You know, what are you eating, and what are you, uh, you know, what are the symptoms? What are you experiencing? There's another problem I see with that. With the herbal approach that's sometimes connected with the iridology is it gets too much like medical diagnosis where we're saying okay we, we see this then take these formulas call me in the morning it's like well hold on you didn't even talk really talk about diet it was like well just eat nothing just fruit or juice it's like no we're, but what did they eat before <laughs> you don't know anything about their that what kind of transition they might need because mm -hmm. if they were eating a whole bunch of McDonald's and Burger King, you don't want to just overnight be like, okay, here's a bunch of herbs, here's here's your fruit prescription, <laughs> and and go about your business. Yeah, it's like you know, let's okay, cool, we we got all this information, and now let's let's start this transition. And, uh, and, and that's the, the, the prescription, you know, for me is, is always going to be that the transitional prescription. And then when needed, you know, I've, I've recommended herbs and I've, you know, recommended a number of different things that I don't talk about on the channel that, but I, it's only based on what I think a person needs. And it's not just sort of based on, you know, the, the calculator of, okay, this, this, so then you got to do this. It's like, nah, there's, I guess there's an art to it uh, to really see. Because there is also, I kind of do this, I don't have a formal way to even discuss it, but, you know, I'm working with someone. I'm getting a feeling and a sense of their psychology and where mm -hmm. they are mentally, which I also have to bring in to that equation of... Is, <laughs> Because there's, there's folks that I've dealt with that if they had a certain, uh, certain kind of mental makeup, like maybe they had a history of what people call the eating disorders or something, then I might recommend that person, okay, we're gonna, you're going to eat <laughs> with, that, with me. You're going to eat. You know, we're, we're, we're going to we'll take a break. I'm not going to recommend the animals quite yet. We're going to get you eating, <laughs> you know, and uh, just to break, break that out of there. And, uh, and so I know that's fairly different from what I see other people do because, again, there's that kind of one-size-fits-all thing I'm seeing out there where people are just kind of like, okay, all right, here, here's your herbal formulas, here's your fruit prescription and your juice prescription, go on about your business. But I'm saying, man, you got you to deal with the history of what they were eating, what they're eating now, their mental makeup. Because uh, if I notice that someone is a little bit more, you know, has more of a, an extremist mentality, 
then I, I factor that in. And so again, I'm going to be trying to rein that in, which a lot of the people that I work with, that was kind of the vibe, you know, so I was, you know, trying to rein them in a little bit. And um, uh, so, yeah, so I don't know. So I think that's just important elements for people that are interested in becoming detox specialists and practitioners that help other people learn and, and you know, heal themselves that, uh, I think the, the diagnostic methodology needs to be examined and, and elevated a little bit, I think. But so uh, so that's that's my opinion. What what's your opinion? What's your experience with the uh, the iridology and kind of things we were talking about, the herbs and everything? Um, so I think I think it's really interesting because um, I've seen so I've watched a lot of um, like irid like iridology videos and mm-hmm. about how and seeing the difference between people's eyes and stuff but um and the herbs as well i think herbs are really powerful to in terms of um helping to heal the body as well definitely but then what you just said actually is really i'm going to take that away is about um understanding the psychology of people as well and it's true it's just like oh yeah you know take your herbs and then go on a 40 day for um, juice great uh, juice fast or a 40 day grape fast Right. And good luck. When <laughs> right. actually, when actually, some people might take that really seriously and be like, "Right, I'm not going to eat anything for 40 days, and I'm going to go really hard." And and then that's not even though that's great to do that, fine. But also, it's about balance and about the healing of like you shouldn't if you're if you're going to be extreme like that, it shows a sort of um, mentality. So maybe it's like you know small, small, and like you know usher people into it a little bit and like transitional phase. And understanding, yeah, of course, like history, parents' history, and um, and what they are currently, what the kind of struck, like what they currently think about food and how they kind of go about eating in general. So I think that's that's a that's a really good point. Um, but with iridology as well, I think personally, if I, I really, I think it's interesting because I just think it's interesting, and I'm gonna, I'm looking to kind of learn a lot more about it. But what I have noticed is with iridology, what I would like to do if I was going to start to like read people's eyes and do the whole iridology thing is I don't see a lot of, obviously with live people with lighter eyes, like blue eyes and green eyes, it's a lot easier to see. Yeah, I was just about to say that, man. I could never really even get a reading because my, my eyes right. are so dark, you know, <laughs> and it, I just never, yeah. you know, yeah. That's the thing, like in other people's eyes, you can see the lymphatic system. It's like, oh wow, yep, yeah, your, lymph- your lymph system is, is quite congested with brown eyes it's a lot more difficult to see. So if I was going to do it, I would do a lot more. I would like specialize if I could in like reading brown eyes, mm. really, looking, um, really looking into like brown eyes a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And finding but, the, the, the best methodology. Cause I would, <laughs> I, I would always try all those different ways that they say to try to take it. And uh, yeah, where you in there, cause they'll be like, oh yeah, just take your phone and take the picture. Just like, it's so easy. I'm like, ah, well, it's not that easy. And you know, I finally been able to get some decent pictures a couple times and, and kind of take a look at some stuff. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I just like to look at all these things as tools, you know, it's naturopathic tools mm-hmm. and as naturopaths or people that's interested in the field of naturopathy, it's good to have all of those things at your disposal because if there's and and be but be flexible the Mm -hmm. flexibility i think that's what's missing when i look out there and see the way that people are talking about the topic is 
there's, you know, there's not enough flexibility transition. And that's one of the things that I loved about Arnold Eretz methodology is even in rational fasting, when he's mm -hmm. talking about fasting, you evaluate things on a day-by-day -day basis. And so it's, you're, it's not like, okay, here's this number, and I gotta get to this number, no matter what happens, I'm gonna get to this number. The approach is, I mean, you might have a number in your head of what you would like to do, but you don't force yourself to abide by that. You take things case, you know, day by day, you know, how am I feeling today, what's going on, and you, you know, you have those you know, three-day cycles oftentimes with the fast where you'll, you know, kind of be feeling it like, whoa, you know, and then a couple days later you're feeling great, then start, kind of the cycle starts over again. The longer you fast, that cycle can actually extend. Uh, longer and longer, but you the art of that process is knowing when to to keep going or to come off of it because at one of the those cycles when you're not feeling really good, you want to that's where you have to make a decision to say, okay, am I going to push through this and keep on rolling or am I going to go ahead and slow this down, let's get out the elimination and then uh, you know, live, live to to fast another day, and and uh, and so I don't know. There's I don't see enough people that are talking in a way that that allows for people to think like that to say that day by day that it's okay to uh, it's okay to break your fast, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah. to make sure that you maintain control in the breaking process because to me that's so important probably more important than the fast itself is, is how well you break it because too often what has happened when folks again if we take somebody that's never really transitioned you got them into the herbs you got them into the 40 days on fruit and that kind of stuff and all of a sudden they start to have a craving for something 100 percent horrible and and they relapse, you know, they fall off. So I'm not saying that, you know, at some point re certain relapses is going to happen. But would you rather relapse after like a two day fast where you you didn't get that deep yet, or after a forty day fast where, you know, it's it's like all of a sudden it's like ah. yeah, it's where that's and it's dangerous. You know, that's that's real mm -hmm. dangerous, and I know. Uh, and I mentioned that in Spirit Speaks about the, uh, the Dr. Morris case study, but we have, you know, there's the Arnold Eric case study, Dr. Morris case study, Stanley Bass case study. I mean, there's a bunch of these case studies, the Steve Jobs case study. There's a lot of case studies of folks that didn't transition. And it was, I think the Dr. Morris story was he had eating nothing but fruit for two years. Like he had did a juice fast on orange juice for six months and followed that up with eating nothing but fruit, but he was traveling. He had broke the fast, but then soon after breaking the fast, I think he ate some fish. And, and this was before, it was like he was into a fruitarian concept, but this was before he had read the mucus's diet, I believe. If, and somebody could correct us in the comments if that if if I'm wrong about any of this, but uh, but yeah, so he actually ate some and he got like deathly ill, 
And so what basically what he did, people wanted to take him to the hospital. He, he was someplace, Indonesia or somewhere. And he was just like, nope, there's, there's an orange juice stand over there. Just bring me orange juice. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to go through this elimination. And, and, that, and he went through the elimination, juiced for however many days, and he got on the other side of that. But what that tells me is somebody coming from the mucus diet standpoint. Again, there's no judgment. This is just an objective case study because he shared this story. And so this is good for the community to look at these things. Uh, is that if there was more of a transition, it would have it would have been much less likely that he would have even had the capability to crave or eat that fish because like that's like it's one thing that I've I that I haven't craved in 18 years I mean the, the fish thing was gone pretty early you know but it was like but if if I was to eat something like that I would get deathly ill. I mean, it could take me out. You know what I mean? It'd be that, that kind of poison. My body can't really, doesn't want that. You know, can't handle that kind of poison. And so, uh, so it's important to me, once you go through the transition, and you, when I always talk about transform your physiology, that's what's happening, is you're getting your body to a point where it can't handle these things that you're not supposed to eat. And so you don't want to get in a thing where you're still craving the thing, like your body might not be able to handle it, but there's still some poisons in there and you're craving it. And, and you, you know, you just don't want to get in th that space too often because if you do relapse and you eat the thing, then you're just going to have a much more terrible time. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, so that's, that's why I'm always kind of, talking art of transition because it's it's like it's everything because it's cause you can always get more aggressive you can always fast longer and with with less liquid and you know for I me mean, you can always get more aggressive but there is a it's a special time in the early stages of practicing this when you can really just f find those plateau points that's comfortable for you and move along the path, you know, and, and just every time you take a step, it's like a solid step. You take the next step and you're solid. And, and that's what I, what I like to see, uh, you know, more people get into is that just, just keep on rolling, you know, and, and uh, but yeah. Like trying a, um, like starting, starting off with like a nice three day sort of fruit fast or three day juice fast or three, not even three days, maybe about 24 hour, mm -hmm. just to like, you know, or, or traditional like diet, um, just, you know, at the beginning. And I think last year when I started really getting into this, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a water fast for five days. And it's straight from, and I didn't really transition very well at all. Yeah. And I did the fast, I did it for five days. Um, and then I broke my fast with some watermelon juice, which was great. And then half an hour later, I ran to the shop, I bought some chips um, mm. or fries. Yeah. And I bought a huge salad chips fries and she went downhill it just went really downhill i decided to eat everything so yeah it's really important to kind of make sure that it's, it's breaking the fast is is probably the most um powerful bit right and you and imagine if instead of five days you did like 40 days <laughs> you know 
that would be so bad. To yeah, do that. yeah, no transition, and then uh, yeah, like you said, back to the to get the uh, the chips, as uh, oh, you guys gosh, call it. Oh gosh, that's the bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was one thing I was able to get off of real early on without much transition was white potatoes. And so mm-hmm. I kind of put that rule of sweet potatoes just because why not? <laughs> you know, and especially with really the white potatoes, I didn't never liked it plain. I always had, if it was like a baked potato, a bunch of sour cream and butter and salt and all that stuff on it. And then if it's fries, of course, you got your ketchup and, you know, mayonnaise and all kinds of stuff I used to put on it. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so that was really good for me, a good thing to do. Because that's another part of the art form is just looking at your diet and, and being honest with yourself. What do you crave? All that kind of stuff. And... And then find things that can, that's, that's a little bit better than whatever that was that you're craving. So it's like, okay, well, maybe I, at one, once upon a time I'd craved white potato things. Because even the last, I did the first several months, I, I would get up some white potato chips, I think. But there was the last time that I ever ate those, I got so sick because I was already, my body was already just going down the like nah we don't want this and uh it just made me so sick so that was it that was the last time and ever since then it was either you know the sweet potato chips or just that kind of stuff you know corn chips that was probably one of my worst addictions in that period because they never made me sick like white potato chips but they got to a point where they didn't eliminate well but I, it was one of those where it was like, well, it doesn't hurt bad enough for me to not eat it. <laughs> so I keep eating them. And, uh, but yeah, well, what's, what's some, one of your, uh, kind of your transitional, something that you're craving that you, that's, that you would consider maybe a transitional mucus or something that's, uh, uh, that, that you found that that's helping you transition might not be something you want to eat for a long time into the future but right now it's helping you out um so i think that see now i, I know i understand like the chemistry of it now but avocado mm-hmm. whenever i'm like even for now on this juice fast i'm like mm, if i just sometimes i'm starting to feel like maybe i get a bit of brain fog or i start to feel headachey and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm like mm, maybe i would have a little bit of avocado yes i know it will just you know you know make me feel a bit better so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's something that i love i'll have avocado on everything and even like with breads i'm, I'm really start trying to stay away from like breads mm-hmm. but sometimes um i might go for something like a like a sprouted bread mm-hmm. and um have that with avocado and i know that make me feel better but then i know why it's making me feel better as well so i'm like mm. yeah but um yeah that's avocado is probably like my worst thing i can eat that all the time on everything yeah, yeah so yeah. but i but it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's mucus forming, isn't it? But it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those where I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of became like the, the anti-avocado guy, which I didn't mean to. I was just trying to make a point 
Cause I, cause I eat them sometimes. It's I wasn't making, I wasn't saying to never ever that it's evil. I'm just saying they're not healthy. That was like the point I was trying to make. Cause everybody was, uh, you know, oh, this is a superfood, and just you know, and people were eating them. I mean, some of the raw food folks were eating six of them in a sitting, like as a meal. I'm like, what is that? Don't do that. So I look, I look at it as uh, just sort of like butter. Just in my just. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just a condiment that you know you could th- or you know throw it up, make it into a dressing. You throw it on a salad or something like that. Or like you said, if you're doing a well-toasted wheat bread instead of soy butter, which I used back when I was starting. Which now you know I don't recommend people do the soy stuff like that. But hey, it helped me back then. But now, yeah, I would you know kind of use avocado like it's. Uh, like it's butter or something, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and if it's just a one, you know, if it's not a billion, <laughs> a bunch of them, and because like what you just said there, so that's the kind of meal I would definitely, that's totally cool, in in when you're in that transitional state, but you definitely want to be eating when you get to that, you know, it's like so you get you do your fast. Then you, you transition and you want to have a good couple weeks of like where you sort of transition through the mucusless level. And then you, when you start to incorporate some of the more mucus forming kind of things into your, uh, your salads and that kind of stuff, then your body, it's, it's not as much of a shock to your body. Your body kind of takes and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's cool as opposed to, yeah, when you, you know, break one of those fast and then a couple days later here comes the you know the, the avocado toast or something and then it's just like oh crap that was a bad idea exactly and that's something that's happened to me as well when i so when i eat like a lot of um like mucusless and like really clean um it's all well and good and then i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna have some something which is a little bit more heavy and then as soon as i eat it i can feel the difference i'm like oh ah was it that was it was it worth it? I don't know. Because now I have to deal with, like, you know, the kind of cramping or the consequences. And it's right. really interesting because once, like, you start to eat a certain way and then your body becomes a lot more sensitive to certain mm-hmm. things and then you can feel the difference and you're like, well, I guess I can't eat that anymore. And that's it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and that's, a, that's another thing that you can help people prepare for when you're working with people is to understand that that's coming you know because it's sometimes you do get to a point where you might have a mental addiction to something but your body is done with it but if you're if you haven't done the work to sort of eliminate it from your from that mental addiction then you're still going to try to eat it and then that's when things get real uncomfortable because your body is done with it but mentally you weren't and that's another reason why i I just I just tend to try to be that voice of like slow down just because there's not a lot of us out here because believe me I got some protocols that blow people's minds in terms of aggressiveness and things that I've done and brother airs done so I mean if so when people want to play that game of aggressive protocols we can do that (laughs) you know I could we could talk super duper aggressive but I just, in terms of what people need and the help that they need, they need that message of, of transition and just really make, make the permanent changes and don't be guilty Mm -hmm. about 
your transitional stuff, the cooked food, you know, you cook, especially cook mucus-free stuff, your toast, all that kind of stuff, because I know that was sort of a war that I fought for some years with the, uh, in the kind of like five years ago at the height of the real intense raw foodism kind of ethos that was out there. And I was just seeing people, I had predicted that a lot of folks were gonna be falling off the wagon and it wasn't gonna be pretty. And, and unfortunately, I was, <laughs> I was right. And you start seeing like right about now, the past couple years you've seen you know, videos on people on YouTube talking about, well, I was raw food for such and such for three years and all oh, that's crazy. So now I'm carnivore. We're eating, oh, you know, we're eating, you know, <laughs> oh, I just, wow. I just yeah. had a, you know, here's this raw chicken leg and, and he, you know, and they got these videos and him eating, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And proper transition could just mitigate that, you know, all that, that pro those problems. And uh, not that everybody would be successful. I'm not saying there's like that where, you know, 100%, you know, you're always going to have people that, that don't make it or just sort of dabble and, you know, just go, go a certain length. But another thing I like to think about and, and how I, when I plant seeds in people when I'm talking to them is <clears throat> instead of trying to get them to take action right now, I plant that seed so that when they get sick, not if they get sick, but when they start going through elimination, they see my face and they hear my voice talking about mucus because now they're, they're in that heightened state, you know, where they're, uh, they're like, oh, it feels bad, you know, you're coughing and you got the fever. You, and a lot of people forget how bad that feels when they're not in it. And I think that's the one thing with me being sick so much growing up, I'm just so acquainted with that experience. And so I don't take for granted not going, not, not feeling like that, you know, not being sick like that or constantly having the mucus eliminations and the bronchitis and all that kind of stuff. And, but I think the average person just kind of, they try to forget, they go through it and then they, of course, take a bunch of drugs because that's just so, uh, uh, you know, so standard and, and so, you know, suppress everything and stuff. And so, but they forget, they don't really interrogate that what, and think about what that means and what that is when they feel like that, you know, to, to that sickness, to be eliminating the fever, you know, they're, all they're thinking about is just, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this. What, what can I take? What can I do to just get the, as opposed to the proper way of thinking is, Let's just go through this elimination. I'm not going to take anything to suppress it. Let's just go through this elimination. And, uh, and you know, so that's, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I definitely like to have that effect where, you know, when, when you start coughing up stuff and blowing your nose, you're going you're gonna to think of, of me <laughs> and the conversation that we had that you were, you know, you might have been a little uncomfortable with the conversation, but you, you're... You're not now. Now you want to. You just want some relief. You just want to feel better. And uh, so, uh, so yeah. Well, this has uh, been an absolute pleasure to uh, to talk with you. And uh, again, uh, tell everybody your contact information and your website. 
yeah so um you can contact me on instagram um at page by nature p-a-i-g-e-e and by nature um or also on the melon romantic so melon.romantic and also at my website which is um pbn.co.uk page by nature.co.uk so yeah it's been great speaking to you too all right Beautiful. So, yes, again, thank you so much for being on here, and uh, and I hope to talk with you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Great. All right. Thank you. Take care. Well, that is our show for today. I want to thank Paige Ayers again for coming on the show. Be sure to check out her website and her Instagram, follow on Instagram. Uh, really love the content she's putting out and I appreciate the interview today I really think that we got into some good information that uh, can help a lot of people and again please share the video or if you're listening to it in audio form with the podcast share that on your nearest social media application and really appreciate it and I really do appreciate all the support. They've been getting a lot of great comments in the comment section and love on social media for the new crop of videos that are popping up. And so I, I appreciate the love. As long as it's helping and people are digging the stuff, I will do my best to continue to put a material out here and try to push these boundaries that's the the goal of the end of 2020 break outside of our bubble and start getting this information in front of a lot more people so again i thank you so much for being a part of this podcast plugging in with this has been a lot of fun and until next time mucus free is the way to be and if you haven't, if somehow you haven't signed up yet, sign up for the Insiders Club. Get your five free mucus-free recipes. Link is down in the description. And you don't want to miss out on those free downloads if you're new to the channel. If you've made it this far, you've probably been around a while. But if not, go down, click that link, and join the Insiders Club. Get your free PDFs. So, again... I <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, peace, love, and breath. <laughs>